Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with my buddy Ashvin. And today we're talking about House on Haunted Hill from 1959, directed by William Castle, starring Vincent Price, Carol Omart, and Carolyn Craig. And this poop, this movie was my pick uh, because it's one of the first horror movies I ever saw, I think, actually. I have vivid memories of watching it at my cousin's 12th or 13th birthday party. Uh, and I really liked it, and I've watched it just every few years I watch it, and I always enjoy it. And so I thought I'd see uh, how Ashvin could tear it apart. How you doing, Ashvin? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I, I didn't realize this was uh, one that you've uh, seen and kind of grown up with. Yeah, I didn't really think that much about it. And then as I was watching, I was like, man, I've seen this more times than I thought I had. <laughs> yeah, every so. few years. So the first time you saw it, you were, you were also around 12 or 13? Yeah, I just texted my cousin today because I was trying to figure out when it was. He could, he thought it was 12 or 13. He had wow. like all his grade school friends over and me. Uh, yeah. That was the first time I stayed up all night. Wow, this is like one of those late night sleepovers and... This is the movie that's on at night. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting, because uh, I mean that would have been like 1990s, right? Let's see, like 1995. Yeah. Okay. So, so did you guys? Did you? Was this like one that you guys like, uh, like purposely like sought out and watched, or it was just like what was on TV? I think he, they like he rented it on VHS. I don't know if maybe he went to the video store with his mom and yeah, picked stuff out, and she was like, "Oh, I know, this is a scary movie." That's pretty tame <laughs> yeah this one is okay for this yeah <laughs> for your sleepover sure interesting yeah. um and we hadn't watched a movie from the 50s yet that was another yeah. reason i picked this i was trying to figure out what the oldest movie you and i have watched together was uh was it like the the invasion of the body snatchers or was it one older than that oh man that's a great question i should look oh freaks Freaks from 1932 oh, or something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah, yeah I forgot that's about Freaks. definitely the oldest. At some point, I imagine we'll watch Nosferatu, which is from like the early 20s or something. <laughs> you know, when you picked this movie and I was thinking about like old movies we've seen, that's one that I like, I've always dreaded that you're going to pick one of these days and we'll have to watch. Dude, uh, it is good. It is? All right. I, I think you, I, I like... I can imagine how you're feeling about that movie, but you might be surprised. All right. All right. I, yeah. I would say, yeah, I generally have been surprised. I mean, so throughout uh, the series of, of the podcasts, I, I feel like you, know, you and I have had like a really good dynamic where you, uh, you, you find all these old classics and you, and you bring them. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of like looking at what's new and coming out on Netflix and, and we're watching those. And uh, I, I, I think more than often I am surprised by like the old movies that you pick and just you know how how they stand the test of time and and the the overall like impact and cultural impact that they have and, and the lasting things that we see today that are still as a result of a lot of these movies. Yeah, yeah, old movies, man. They can old be. Uh, they're not often quite scary in the same way that modern horror movies are, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes I think they're scarier in better ways. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, this yeah. was like a whole, there's a whole like Vincent Price era of horror movies too. So I think it's good that we watched one. Yeah. And that, that was also the surprising thing is I, I hear his name all the time and he, he's like around in pop culture, but I think this is the first movie of his that we've seen together, right? Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, before we keep going, quick plot synopsis, uh, a millionaire offers $10,000 to five people to spend the night in a supposedly haunted house with him and his wife. So him and his wife are hosting the party. Uh, and $10,000 is about $85,000 today. Nice. <laughs> Econ. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I called that currency conversion in a previous episode, but it's inflation adjustment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> yeah. Better clear that up. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, this is a haunted house movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is very much a haunted house movie. Uh, I, it almost, I feel like haunted houses were made because of this movie or this movie is like someone went to a haunted house once and made a movie 
based on that experience, uh, it, it, like very in and very out, like the it's about this this house that's that's haunted supposedly, right? Yeah, I'd be interested to find out more about the origin of haunted house stories, and um, it, it feels like so many haunted house. The cli- this is the cliche haunted house, like the stereotypical yeah. haunted house, at least. Um, not the outside of the house, but the inside. Just yeah. spider webs, kind of like Victorian decorations. Mm-hmm. Uh, really big, drafty old house. Yep. Uh, there's got to be a piano in there. Yep. Um, so it's cool. Yeah, I don't know how many haunted house movies based it on this movie, or if this movie was basing it on something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's a good story there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, how those two things inspired each other. Um, yeah. it, it, and it's a, it's surprisingly, it also kind of turns into kind of like a murder mystery, right? Yeah, that's my other note and and my little subgenre section of my notes. Definitely a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's kind of like Clue. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't know if Clue is influenced by this or what. It's very similar. Yeah, no, you're right. Like yeah, but a bunch of random people showing up at a place who've never met each other and never met the host. That's that's totally Clue. Yeah. Um, have you ever read a book by, or seen a, that, that, I think there's a movie too by Agatha Christie, I think it's called like, And Then There Were None. Um, no. Or, oh, it's, it's a similar plot where, it, where like, yeah, just a bunch of people show up at a house and one by one, like they start dying and you're trying to figure out like, who's going to be that last one that's alive because they're obviously the killer. So I, I, I think it's kind of a cool, like a uh, uh, suspense uh, or like a cool way to set up a story in, in that kind of uh, thing with, you know, just people isolated in, in a certain place. And, and one of yeah. them is, is a suspect. For sure. And I think we humans just can't resist a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like there are so many books with, like, girl in the title these days that are some form of murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. Girl on the train, go with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Gone girl. Gone girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the missing girls or something like that. There, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. M- my sister loves reading those. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, a, uh, a popular it's, series. It's also kind of a B movie. It is, yeah, totally. Which uh, have we have? I don't think we've watched many B movies so far, have we? Uh, hmm. It's such a subjective term. I would. I think you could probably make a case that we've seen some B movies. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. Um, um, you could even call Teeth a B movie. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I guess yeah, any movie with like a, a lower budget. Um, yeah. you know, I, that, that's one thing I was looking into with this movie, uh, you know, it came out in the late fifties and, um, I think that might've been the time, uh, horror movies started to come into like that B movie category and like movies were coming out in that time, like, uh, the creature from the black lagoon, uh, invasion of the body snatchers, just these kind of like low budget, uh, B horror movies, uh, that, uh, you know, were, were just designed to provide like kind of cheap thrills to the, to the audience and, uh, look, yeah. And, and, and so some of the context, I think, behind that that I found uh, was that uh, the, the reason that was happening was a lot of, like, the bigger actors were going on to, like, I think color movies might have been just, like, emerging at this time. And that's, like, where a lot of, like, the bigger actors were going and, like, a lot of emphasis was being put on, like, new technologies. And so horror just kind of fell by the wayside into, like, this B-movie horror category. Yeah, I'd be interested to read more about the reasons why the 50s were just littered with these type of B-horror movies. Yeah. Um, the original term B-movie comes for a movie being at the bottom of a double feature. Oh, is that what the B stands and, for? Yeah, and wow. double features were really popular. Yeah. Um, actually, I feel like it could have something to do with air conditioning because I don't know when air conditioning became big in movie theaters, but people would go to double features just to be in air conditioning for that long. <laughs> yeah, like six hours of, of staying cool. Yeah, although I feel like movies were shorter then, so oh, yeah, probably. probably like three hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this movie's budget was two hundred grand, which is about one point five million in today's dollars. Okay, but consider- so, considered a low budget for the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a uh, yeah. And, and I wonder. Uh, I I think uh, the, I, I think there's some kind of overlap between B-movies and, uh, like, when did B-movies come out? Like, in the 40s? Like, that's kind of when the genre, 30s or 40s, that's maybe when the genre kind of started and kicked off. B-movies or horror movies? Uh, B-movies. Good question. I'm not sure. 
I think of them from the fifties, but yeah, they may have been going strong before then. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they came uh, more mainstream in the fifties. I feel like there's a connection to the the, the World War Two and like you know America coming out of this uh, World War era where um, I, I think a lot of like the scary movies at that time were like science based or uh, around like technology. Um, so I, I I think that and, and given the effects back then weren't that great. You know, people were kind of made, doing these homemade kind of gimmicks and stuff. So that that kind of might have driven the growth in the horror B-movies that came out in that era. Yeah, and I think the um, fear of, like, nuclear energy spawned a lot of monster movies. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So no. I kind of thought maybe that's where Teeth was going to go, but it never did. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cold War era and all, all that stuff going on. Yeah, World War World War Two era. Or, yep. Oh man, we I need to like study history for these episodes. <laughs> I know, I know. This is so much of it. <laughs> um. Well, man, did you recognize Vincent Price? I know, like, we kind of just know who he is. But do you have like anything in your mind that sticks out when you think of Vincent Price? Uh, you know, the only thing that stuck out to me and that I that I knew of his was uh, Thriller. That that that's him yeah. talking in that, right? Yeah, that's what I was setting up. Yeah. Four. Yeah, Thriller. He's going to spike that volleyball on your face. <laughs> well, did you know? <laughs> uh, but I, I guess I, I didn't realize this. His voice was also the one uh, in the popular version of Monster Mash. That's Vincent Price speaking. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Apparently, the, the version that I think of, of Monster Mash that we all love, where it is kind of like a guy talking, uh, that that's that's the voice of Vincent Price. Okay. Uh, and that was a graveyard smash, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I recall. I, th- I think it did it reach that level of success. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, one thing I remembered I wanted to say about haunted houses. I once heard, this is totally jumping back, that the whole haunted house myth started to keep kids away from deserted, old deserted vacant houses because they could be dangerous. Oh. Like rotting wood. and Wow. You know. So it was like a PSA? Back in the, when was this, like 40s, 50s or something? Oh, I bet it started way before that, like 1800s. Um, (laughs) But yeah, another cautionary tale type thing. Interesting. So they're trying to figure out out a way to keep these kids out of the haunted houses? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Um, Anyway, Vincent Price, he was a pretty cool dude, I think. He did a ton of movies, a lot of horror movies from this era. Yep. Um, House of Wax was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raven, the abominable Dr. Phoebes. I think mm. that's how you pronounce that. I've never seen that movie. Okay. Um, he also was a big art collector, authored several cookbooks, and was a big gay rights activist. Wow. I didn't know he was a gay rights activist. That's interesting. Yeah. His daughter was a lesbian. Okay. Have you Perhaps seen... is. She may still be alive. Uh, perhaps what? She's... Maybe still alive. I'm not sure. So oh. he's a lesbian. Okay. Um, have you seen any of his other movies? I don't think I've seen another movie with him. Yeah. Shamefully. Yeah, that, that's really weird because uh, I mean, like, I feel like you don't see people like him anymore that are just like their 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 uh, careers dedicated to the field of horror and like he just like spanned like so many movies, TV shows, uh, cookbooks. Uh, music, music and stuff. Uh, it, it, it's just weird we haven't like run into him a lot more often. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just need to watch more movies. Yeah, I guess old, older movies. Because he, he's, yeah. I think he's passed away now, right? He passed away in 1993, if I recall correctly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, he was in in uh, in the old Adam West uh, Batman series. Oh, he was as one of the villains. Yeah, Egghead? Who who the hell was Egghead? I can't remember. I, I only vaguely remember that series. Yeah. I don't think Egghead was in the comics. <laughs> I don't think the, so. I may be wrong. Yeah. Any nerds can write in to correct me. But. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the first time I heard of Egghead. I'll, I'll have to check him out. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Are you feeling with like the, the director of this movie, William Castle? I, he also seems like a horror movie guy he's done he's done a few movies uh there right yeah he has done he did a bunch of horror movies he did 13 ghosts uh the old dark house 
bunch of others. Um, he was also a producer on Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so both 13 Ghosts by him and House on Haunted Hill were both remade in the 90s. Oh. I can't remember if 13 Ghosts was 90s or early 2000s oh. in that period where horror yeah. movies were bad. Yeah, yeah. No, not, now they say that, I do, I do remember at 13... Uh, oh, I, I don't know if I'm thinking at 13 Ghosts or 13 Stories. Um, 13 Ghosts was... I don't remember who else was in it, but it had Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. Uh, is she the redhead? Uh, no, she had dark hair. I mean, she's the most memorable person from American Pie if you were a teenager. Oh, is she, uh, did she play the foreign exchange student? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, she was memorable. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, no, so yeah, I, I don't remember that movie. I, I think both of those, uh, well, at least, uh, uh, the remake of this one, it looks like it did terrible right yeah considered widely panned by critics uh it i don't remember i watched it before i had much taste in movies and i remember thinking it was kind of scary actually oh Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it had like chris Catan in it oh yeah (laughs) from snl tay tay diggs yeah Uh yeah and ali larder from varsity blues oh my god there's like a hodgepodge of random people yeah, uh, so cool. I'd be actually interested to watch that one again, but uh, I probably won't get around to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, sp- worthwhile. Yeah, uh, speaking of this director, he was known for doing gimmicks in a the theater. Oh, uh, did you read about this? I did. Emergo or something. Yeah, he like every one of his movies was like filmed in Emergo or filmed in something else, and it just meant he was gonna do some sort of stunt in the theater. Yeah. So he like rigged a skeleton to drop from the ceiling at the climax of this movie. Yep. Uh, in other movies, he would like give out life insurance policies before it started, or oh, have really? like an intermission before the climax, so that if you were too afraid to find out what happens or see the ending, you could leave. Oh my god. <laughs> there was even one where the audience could vote on a killer's fate. Oh, really? And they would like put on a different reel depending on how they voted. Oh my god. That's, yeah, pretty nuts. Yeah, that's like pretty innovative. I mean, like the, I, I thought that was really cool that this director was like going around and creating like these very like uh, uh, immersive like film viewing experiences. I mean, you the closest you get these days are things like yeah IMAX or whatever. But uh, that, that that's really cool that he would like rig the theaters to. I uh, really like yeah. Uh, yeah, give, give that experience. Yeah, I love thinking about going to a theater and having it be like more of an experience than just watching what's on the screen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds awesome. I wonder why they, they stopped doing that. Um, it, well, now th- movies are released so in so many theaters, I think it probably wouldn't be economical. Yeah, it's not scalable, I guess. Um, and it's just like, I'm sure it was expensive and troublesome to do it. So, yeah, I heard with the, uh, with the skeleton, like the, there's something about like the, the, the kids started like shooting it with like BB guns and like slingshots and all the crazy shit that kids back then used to carry with them. So yeah, uh, for I, sure. I can see that becoming more of a nuisance than a, than a benefit. I feel like slingshots were probably standard issue to every kid in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. I think you just, you get born and there's like one in your hand when you come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, did, man. And Go ahead. Oh, did you, uh, I saw in one place, and I don't know if you came across this, that this story is based on a novel by Shirley Jackson. Uh, is that true? Or did, I, I like, I don't think it was credited that well because the uh, director uh, was like notorious for like being cheap and never like uh, wanted to, you know, buy the rights but uh, I don't, I don't, did, did you see anything about that? I thought, are you talking about, is the Shirley Jackson novel called The Haunting of Hill House? Yeah, basically. I think so. If I'm thinking correctly, that came out the same year as this movie. The book did. And okay. there have been many movies based on that book. Okay. But I don't think they're related. Oh, Okay. But like The Haunting that was released in, oh man, that was like another bad movie from the late 90s or early 2000s. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that was based on that book. Okay. Interesting. And I think it was like there was one from the 30s based on that book and then one from the 60s and then the 90s one. Yeah. 
if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. No, that makes sense because I, I think the, the writer of this film was was Rob White. And uh, and I, I remember I've actually read one of his books, which I, I didn't realize it was like that old, old of a book. Uh, it was called Death Watch, which I think he got a, a lot of uh, fame for. You ever, you ever read that one? No, I never read it. Oh, it's, it's a great book about this guy like stranded in the, des- in the desert who's like being hunted. And, uh, and he's also trying to, uh, uh, you know, battle like uh, he's trying to survive the desert night and everything. Um, but yeah, Rob, Rob Boyd, I mean, he's, he's, he's a great writer. And so it, it makes sense that this, he, he would have written the script. So that's probably a false claim that it's based on a novel by someone else. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies based on books that were filmed multiple times in different decades, uh, you know, I am legend with Will Smith. Oh yeah. That's based on a book. I think the book was called I am legend. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was. And the first movie adaptation of that book starred Vincent Price. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was yeah. looking through his filmography, I, I, I saw I'm Legend. I'm like, well, that, that can't be the same movie, but uh, I, I guess that, that, that's the same story, huh? Yeah. I think the movie was called Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. And then it was done later with, um, I think it was Charlton Heston. And the movie was called Omega Man. That was probably late 60s or early 70s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I didn't look that up, but so I'm not sure. So I Am Legend is like a, the third remake of that? Y- yep. Wow. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> just just when he thought he was starting to become original, you know, and break out. It's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all a throwback. But, yeah. Uh, uh, I read that uh, this movie inspired uh, Hitchcock to, to make Psycho. I think he saw like, oh, this guy could do this with such a low budget, and it did, it did really well. And so he went on to make uh, the other classic, which was uh, of Psycho, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's nuts. I think this movie is pretty important to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, <laughs> it was El- it's Elvira's favorite movie. From uh, Looney Tunes? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, is that is her name Elmira? Uh, yeah, maybe it was Elmira. Who like loves all the little animals? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Elvira? She's like, uh, I think she was like on a TV station in LA, mm-hmm. and did like a horror show at night where they screened a movie. But she would like be she was like the host of it. Oh. Uh, and she, if you saw her, you'd be like, oh, that's her. She was like dressed up kind of vampirish with like a plunging neckline. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I always assumed she was like from a movie or something, but she basically had her own show. I'm not sure if she ever did any movies, but yeah, she was. She became famous as the host of a horror movie oh. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you describe yeah. her, I can totally picture her, but I, I guess I could never really place her. Uh, yeah, but interesting. So this this is one of yeah. her favorite movies. Yep. Okay. It, I think she said it is her favorite movie. Oh, Number wow. one, baby. Yeah. Um. Any other background that you've got that you want to tell the listeners before I drop my Northeast Ohio connection <laughs> like I always do? I'm, I'm excited because I, I thought I, I researched this one trying to find it. I, I, I wanted to outdo you on this one, but I, I couldn't tie it back to Ohio. And no, I mean, the, I think the only other thing is, I, I mean, the, this movie has like been raved about. Uh, I mean, the reviews are pretty, pretty uh, favorable uh, and it's like a cult classic. So um, yeah, just really, really interesting to, to finally see it. Yeah, I actually meant to look at the reviews, and I, I didn't, I forgot. I uh, wanted to see if any critics said anything smart that I could steal. <laughs> uh, there'll be time afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, as usual, my Northeast Ohio connection is a bit tenuous. But uh, as you know, in the movie, they show, you've got the inside of the house, and they periodically show uh, outside shots of the house, the mm-hmm. facade. That is the Enos Brown house designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, It's outside of L.A. Mm -hmm. And Frank Lloyd Wright also designed a house in Willoughby Hills in Northeast Ohio that Lonely Planet once named as the most romantic place in America. Really? In Willoughby Hills? Yeah. Isn't that like by Cleveland? I think it's like an hour-ish northeast of Cleveland. It's on the Chagrin River, this house. Wow. Have you seen that house? It looked pretty cool, yeah. Oh, and and it's uh, it just was like a cool getaway. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, I'll also take a look at that. So, a place in Ohio is described as one of the most romantic places in America. 
<laughs> not Ohio itself. Oh, just that house. Just that house, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's they were like, thing. don't step off the property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go straight here and then leave Ohio immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah, be get choppered in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, good 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 find. Good connection there. Okay, man. Uh well, should we take a quick break before we move on to the plot? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, you know, while we take the break, my wife and I are having a dinner party tomorrow night, so I have to go polish our, our guest guns, you know, oh. the good guns we only put out for the guests. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. they expect when they come. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be right back. All right. Okay, we're back. Uh, you know how it you, goes with you those. those guns all polished. Yeah, yeah. You like get them for your wedding registry, and then you never use them. <laughs> do they do they come in the coffins, or do you have to buy those coffins separately? That's where they get you. Tiny coffin, oh. <laughs> very expensive. Man, you, you can't win these days. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I don't know what our first episode will be, but in case this is it. This is what me and Ashvin do. We give a lame clue as to the plot of the movie before we describe it in detail. Um, so I'm going to dive right into it. You ready? Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. So you start... Oh, man. This got me because I watched this on YouTube where it resides for free because this movie is in the mm-hmm. public domain. And I had my headphones on. And the very first thing that happens in the movie is a blood-curdling scream. Oh, yeah. And I like <laughs> winced in pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so which I I think that was like really effective back in the day because like movie theaters used to be like pitch black when you'd walk in. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and and like they'd get you with the sound. Yeah, they probably didn't have the whole like liability. Of, well, they darken the theater before the film begins now anyway. But mm-hmm. nowadays they have to have some light so people don't break their necks. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can. If you were sitting in a theater, even if that happened today, if it was just like a dark screen and then a scream all of a sudden, that would yeah. that would get me. Yeah, it would. <laughs> That's a good way to get a first fright. I mean, it got me on my couch. <laughs> so, okay, we hear that scream and there's just a bunch of like spooky haunted house noises. Um, and I saw on IMDb trivia that this inspired all those like spooky sound albums that people would play oh, on Halloween. Yeah. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. When you see that on IMDb, it's not credited or anything, uh, mm-hmm. it's, or like cited. So I don't know. I never know how true that stuff is. Yeah, I mean, I had one of those tapes. So I mean, if if, if that came from this movie, I mean, that, that that's pretty impactful. I mean, I could see that, but but yeah, no way to prove it. Yeah. I'm sure there okay. is, but it would require time. <laughs> time and diligence. Okay, so the first image we see is this dude's head. I think he's kind of a floating head on the screen. And yeah. he tells us the history of the house. Um, and he's, like, talking to the audience. Like, you're about to experience, like, that kind of thing that they did in the 50s. Um, he talks about the history of the house. Seven people were murdered in it, including his brother. Uh, then we switch to some narration by... Um, Frederick Lauren, the eccentric millionaire played by Vincent Price. And, and his head also shows up as a floating head, right? Oh, thank you. Also a floating head. <laughs> yeah. So we cut between his floating head and um, scenes of hearses pulling up to the house. They staged these people to arrive in hearses, him and his wife, through this party. Um, and he says it's his, it was his wife's idea to throw this party at a haunted house and offer each guest $10,000 if they make it through the night. And it's a birthday party, correct? Uh, yeah, or, okay. You're, I think you're right. A birthday party for his wife? I feel like it might have been a birthday. I, but I can't, no, there wasn't any cake, so I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he then introduces each of the guests as they're pulling up in these hearses. So there's um, this dude, Pritchett, who's the owner of the house. He was the first guy. No, Pritchard. 
Uh, I'll probably go back and forth saying that incorrectly. But he's the guy who owns the house, and he was the first floating head we saw on the screen. He's also like an alcoholic and firmly believes that this house is haunted. But then we've got Lance Schroeder, who's just kind of like a typical masculine guy from the 50s. He's a pilot in the movie. Uh, he's actually a test pilot. A test. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what that is. Maybe, maybe he like administers tests to pilots or something. He just like what a test pilot goes to the airport dressed as a pilot to test out what it would feel like. <laughs> yeah. And then goes just home testing. and cries. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Last time we were at the airport, Kelly and I were waiting for the family restrooms because of our mm-hmm. baby to change him. And yep. we were waiting for the longest time, and then a pilot comes out, and he had just taken a giant shit in the family restroom. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so so annoying. That's, that's how pilots roll, I guess. Yeah. I, I'd like to Act think like they Lance, own their Yeah. Lance wouldn't do that. Okay, so we got Lance, the test pilot. We've got Watson Pritchard, who's the alcoholic who owns the house. And we've got Dr. Trent, who's a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh Ruth Bridges, who is a newspaper writer, and Nora Manning, who is a typist. Um, And he gives you a little bit about their backstories, but he tells us that Nora's family was in an automobile accident, and she's the only one who can provide for her family. Mm -hmm. So right away, you're kind of rooting for her. Uh, And that kind of worked well as a quick way to develop characters when you have a movie that's only 75 minutes, which we never mentioned an hour oh, and yeah. 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good way to, to in, introduce them and understand. Because I mean, I, I feel like Vincent uh, Price or Frederick Lauren, his, his character, isn't like a like an unbiased narrator. Like he's he's talking, but he's also kind of portraying these people. Like, oh, they're coming here. You know, they they, they all have a need or a hunger for money. But Nora is like looked at as like the innocent one who actually needs the money because she she's the only one providing for her family. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of him being unbiased, he, you can tell from this narration that he really does not like his wife. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that turns into a very interesting relationship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so we then see them get out and get into the house, and uh, then you see some shots of the house, and it's just, like we said before, that stereotypical haunted house. It's pretty cool. I thought the, the scenery... Uh, was great. I I love that about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the like you mean like the the decor in the rooms? Yeah, yeah, just the house itself. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it it made for a cool vibe. Okay. What do yeah. you What do you think, or did you think it was hokey? Uh, no, I I liked it. I mean, it, it felt a, a little staged. Uh, like e- each room, each room was like so different. Uh, it, it didn't feel like a a house that like uh, like uh, there wasn't like a theme or anything uh, to. Like a, like a standard uh, layout or anything, uh, but it, it kind of it kind of felt like you were at a haunted house where like you walk room to room and it's like kind of a different feel. Yeah, for sure. So you have some issues with the interior decorating. <laughs> yeah, unless they were going for haunted house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to clarify, I may have already mentioned the inside of this house is not the Frank Lloyd Wright house. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know what the if it's an actual house or just sets. I, th- I think it might have been a set. Okay. Um, okay, so the house is spooky. We get that vibe. And the first spooky thing to happen is that a door closes by itself and a chandelier falls and nearly hits Nora. Um, mm-hmm. And then some blood drips. There's like a pool of blood on the ceiling that drips onto Ruth Bridges' hand, the newspaper writer. Yeah, a dried, um, a dried pool of blood that drips. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, the effects are a little bit hokey, um, but it's a low-budget movie from the 50s, so you forgive it. Yeah, um, you gotta forgive it. And so things are getting spooky, people are a little bit weirded out, probably not as weirded out as I would have been, if some blood mm-hmm. just dripped out of my hand. Uh, yeah, I know, uh, they, they were kind of chalking it up to, like, rain or something, right? Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like there's a lot of, as with most, or a lot of scary movies, there's stuff where it's like, these characters aren't reacting appropriately to this situation. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they don't know that they're, they're uh, in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, um, one, one thing that's interesting, like, yeah, they, they all get there. 
uh, and they don't meet the, uh, the the hosts right away, right? You you don't see uh, uh, like uh, the, uh, Vincent Price's character Frederick doesn't like come and greet them right away. So a lot of them are kind of talking, and they're like, "Has anyone ever met this guy before?" And I I think the answer was no, and they're just kind of like throwing around some speculations, which reminded me of like Clue and uh, and that Agatha Christie uh, novel. Yeah, yeah. So they just walk in, and they're kind of like gossiping about the own, what they've heard about the guy who's running the place to them, and they. They're like, mm-hmm. I've heard he's been married four times and his first three wives either died or disappeared. Yeah. So you're building some suspense and creepiness around him as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. And then, so we have some scenes of them in the house. I think they maybe eventually meet him, or maybe it's before they meet him. They have a scene with um, Mr. and Mrs. Lauren, Vincent Price and his wife, talking in their room and then that's where a lot of the tension is revealed and he mentions that like she tried to poison him once and she Mm -hmm. says how he'd love to kill her and you just get the vibe Mm -hmm. it's clear that like this is not a happy couple and they're not good people and yeah ominous things could be afoot yep uh you (laughs) know this is one thing i noticed in that scene and i feel like is in a lot of old movies like men used to grab women by the shoulders a lot in old movies, <laughs> and like kind no, of like I don't think I noticed it. Shake yeah. them. Uh, when, when does he do that? Like when he's yelling at her? Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like in old movies yeah. too, when there was like a passionate kiss, kiss the man always like grabs a woman by her shoulders. Uh huh. It's it's weird. I guess, I guess it was like seen as like a sign of passion back then. Yeah, all the rage back then. Yeah, he sh- shake the women up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so then eventually he like calls them all together for a meeting downstairs, and he explains the rules and says they're essentially trapped in the house, uh, and they have until midnight to decide they don't want to stay. Otherwise, the doors close, and then there's no way out. Well, they they're not currently trapped, right? They they. Uh... I, I, at this point, they, they can walk out, but the, at, at midnight, they'll be trapped in the house. Yeah. That's when the doors lock, right? Yep, they can still get out until midnight, and then the doors don't open again until like 8 a.m. Right. And I think maybe before that meeting, Nora and uh, Lance, the pilot, had a creepy experience in the basement. Like, they found a trapped door, heard some noises, mm-hmm. and Lance kind of like disappeared and got bumped on the head. And, uh, Nora, like everything went dark and then out of nowhere she sees this woman who's got this creepy face and her hands are up like she's a ghost and Nora just screams and then the ghost like floats away. Yeah. I mean basically like the ghost like kind of comes forward from the darkness and then like goes back into the darkness. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did you think that was creepy at all? Uh, I was thinking, uh, WTF, like... That ghost uh, was clearly, like, uh, she was, like, on wheels, and I feel like I could see someone, like, behind her, like, pushing her forward and then wheeling her back. Uh, and it also was, like, kind of different than a lot of the scares that we're used to. Is like, you see a ghost, and immediately, like, the character, like, turns away, and, like, the, you're, you're with their perspective. So, like, you see the ghost out of the corner of the eye, and then that character, like, runs away. Uh, I'm not used to this kind of scare where the ghost comes forward, and then you watch it like retreat. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that was. That, that the ghost like, is like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the ghost was, yeah. yeah. Like going away, like, uh, wrong room. <laughs> yeah, like, wasn't watching where I was going. <laughs> yeah. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, she, she like, I mean, what, what did you think? Was, were you scared by that? Uh, maybe when I was 12. I can't remember, <laughs> but it's, there's some creepiness to it, but yeah, it's so fifties and so clearly it's a person on like some sort of wheeled dolly. Uh, yeah. But they're doing their best. Okay. <laughs> we'll cut those some slack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could see how it would be scary to a kid cause yeah, the, I, I think the, the figure of the ghost and the way it emerges and like, it, it's like this, like it looks like like a really old woman. Uh, I, I feel like the, the look was pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, thanks. It's an old lady. I don't think I said that yeah. with a weird gnarled look on her face. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, Nora is kind of creeped out by the time they're having this meeting and learning the rules, and she wants to... It, you get the impression that she might want to escape. Um, and then they show the caretakers, and it turns out one of the caretakers is this woman that Nora encountered in the basement and mistook for the ghost. Um, well, actually, uh, the, 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 she, she sees that ghost twice before she meets the caretakers, right? Does she? Once, okay. Yeah, so, so once uh, they're down there, uh, the, the first time, yeah, the, uh, Lance gets trapped in the room, the ghost comes out from the dark, she, like, screams, the ghost, like, gets wheeled back into the dark, she runs upstairs, and she's, like, panicking, and Lance comes up there and is, like, trying to calm her down. So then they both go down there to try to reinvestigate and remember, he's like knocking, he goes into one of the rooms, the one that, you know, he went into and he got knocked out in. And she's like, she goes into a, a room that uh, shares a wall and uh, to kind of hear him knocking. And suddenly, like, that ghost again appears in that room, right? Oh, and, yeah. And like, it's right next to her. And yeah. then again, it like wheels like past her outside the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Does a quick kick flip on the skateboard and gets out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I can't remember, I don't know if it's that important or not, but at this meeting, okay, so she sees the caretakers, realizes, okay, that's the caretaker, uh, Vincent Price mentions that she's blind. So it's a blind woman who accidentally did kind of creep up on this woman. Uh, yeah. Or you could, it could be read as she was trying to scare her away. Yeah. I mean, if she was blind, how did she sneak up on her? Especially in, in that second instance where she's, like, in the room, she's, like, knocking on the wall, and suddenly, like, to her left, like, she turns, and the blind woman wasn't there before, but suddenly she's she's there, and she's, like, uh, making a face, uh, and then she's wheeled out of the room. So I, how, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I buy that she was blind. Skateboard, man. Yeah, she's skateboarding around in a basement. Yeah. I can't be blind in skateboard. <laughs> uh, as an older woman, good for, you know yeah. what, good for her. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Just uh, getting your steps in. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so he ends up giving them all handguns. Like, these are to protect yourselves. Like, this was my wife's idea. He says, like, I've got these little party favors. Uh, and his voice, his voice is just creepy. Oh, uh, Vince's? Yeah, yeah, he's a nice choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they all seem kind of nonplussed by the fact that they all have just been armed, uh, which is another thing where you're like, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, the mentalities across the group are very different. You have like Nora, who's seen a ghost, and she actually wanted to get out of there, but when the caretakers left, they locked the door, so like she, she was stuck there. Um, I, I feel like you've got like Lance and, and Ruth, uh, and even the psychiatrist, David Trent, who aren't bought into the fact that this place is haunted. And then you have uh, Pritchard or, or whatever his name was, um, who's like just telling everyone the whole time, like, oh, it's haunted. People died here. My brother died here. Yeah, you got to get out of here. These guns aren't going to do anything. So it's just interesting. And I, I don't think uh, Frederick Lauren, uh, Vincent Price's character, is even bought into the idea that the place is haunted. So I thought that was interesting, the, the dynamic of like people who believed in it and people who were like still skeptical. Um, it just kind of played out interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. And then even like you realize that ghost is the caretaker and you don't quite know, like, is this place haunted or, or what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and okay. By the time they get the guns, oh, I can't remember the order, but they decide to just like lock themselves in their room with the guns. By this point, Nora is like freaking out and they've just like put her to bed. So she's not even down there when they decide this. Um, yeah. I'm trying to like rush along because I feel like this we still got a lot more plot to go. Um, <laughs> so at some point too, Nora sees like a severed head, um, which looks horrible, but is still kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've got all these people now. They're locked in their rooms with the guns, and they essentially say, if anybody comes in you get shot. So like nobody leaves their room. Of course they yeah. all end up leaving their rooms. Right. And nobody says that to Nora either. <laughs> so like she could have walked in someone's room and got shot. I know. She missed that memo. Yeah. Uh, uh, before they lock each other themselves in the room, 
is it is does the death already has the death happened yet because there's there's one death that takes place correct? oh shit yeah yeah i'm getting out of order so one of the, the thing that Nora sees that really sets her over the edge is she like turns a corner and mrs lauren is hanging from like the stairwell kind of it mm-hmm. appears that she's hanged herself um yeah and the doctor, like, they lower her down. The doctor takes her, um, carries her into her bed, and pronounces her dead. Mm-hmm. So that is the impetus for them to be like, there's a murderer in here. One of us is the killer. Let's all lock ourselves in our rooms with guns. Right. Nobody tell Nora. Right. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, I, I feel like two uh, heads have been found. Which kind of ties back to a, a story that like Pritchard was saying when they first got there that like, uh, you know, all these people died here and um, there were like some heads that haven't been found yet. And I feel like two heads were found, you know, either Nora like found one, but then it went missing. And then Lance like finds one and he like confronts Pritchard is like, where, where's this head coming from? But then they find uh, the dead wife and everyone just kind of forgets that like, oh, these two heads were like there. I, I feel like that kind of quickly forgot it got got forgotten yeah i actually have a note in here that i skipped over like nobody seems to care that there's severed heads about <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah those are quickly forgotten about yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so and that's part of the like this is a short movie and i just don't think they could have taken the time to like really dwell on <laughs> these things sure yeah um so let's see so they're all in their rooms i think the next and at this point, Mrs. Lauren has died. Everybody else is still alive. Uh, she's presumably hanged herself. And I think the next scary thing that happens is Nora's in her room, and all of a sudden, all the lights go out. And f- through her window, which is barred, there are bars on all the windows, a rope like shoots up through the window mm-hmm. and then like snakes across the floor and starts wrapping around her feet. And she's just watching it and screaming, and then Mrs. Lauren's ghost, presumably, is, like, just hovers from above outside the window, and is just, like, eerily staring at her. Yeah. Uh, she's got the noose around her neck, and the rope is coming for Nora, wrapping around her legs. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of stops wrapping around her legs and, like, pulls back, and Mrs. Lauren's yeah. ghost goes away. This was a point, I, I, I thought that that was a very effective scene, and it kind of... That was the point where, like, the movie kind of felt like, uh, where if I was on the fence before about it, you know, is it going to be supernatural? Not that they're actually ghosts. Like, that, that scene I thought was effective at, like, being like, oh, shit, there are ghosts going on here or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably the creepiest scene of the movie, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nora loses it and just essentially runs out of the room. Yeah. Uh, she then runs downstairs and Mrs. Lauren's body is back hanging there again, right? Yeah, right. She like, opens the door and there's, yep. Yeah, and they've already taken it down, which was a cool idea, I thought. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Just make it feel mm-hmm. like Nora's losing her mind even more. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, this weird monster hand comes from behind a wall and tries to grab her. Oh, I totally forgot about the monster hand. Yeah, right. That, that was a little out of place, but it was just all adding to this scene where Nora's, like, losing it and seeing so much go wrong. She yeah. runs downstairs and the piano or the organ starts playing itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's just basically on edge now in the house. Um, yeah. and I think at that point they might cut to the doctor who walks in on Mrs. Lauren's dead body in the bedroom. And then he starts talking to her and he's like, everything's working perfectly, my darling. So like, this is a huge twist. The doctor, who is a guest, is in a romantic relationship with Mrs. Lauren, and they've staged this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they reveal that the goal of the whole thing is to scare Nora so badly that she ends up killing Mr. Lauren. Yeah. So she kills Vincent Price just out of fear, and they'll get mm-hmm. his money, and then they can be together. Yeah, super elaborate. Yeah, it is really elaborate and convoluted. And then at this point yeah. of the movie, you just can't help but ask yourself, how did they do all that? Like, yeah, <laughs> they had Mrs. Lauren yeah. floating outside of the window and yeah. then returned her to hanging. From, oh, they they show like that she's got a hanging harness on. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how they did it. So they've like somehow pulled all this off, blood dripping from the ceiling, the organ playing itself. Yeah. Her being, Monster hand. Yeah. Her looking like yep. she's been hanged, then floating in a window, and then looking like she's hanged again. A noose yep. snaking itself through the floor, wrapping around Nora's feet. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you're like, eh. Um, yeah, doors doors slamming shut on their own and yeah, locking. Lights turning lights out. Lights going dim on their own. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like not super believable, but at this point, the movie's just kind of fun at this point, in my opinion. So you... Sure. I think most viewers kind of let it go or just understand what kind of movie they're watching, like B-horror movie from the 50s. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I think the doctor goes out, knocks on Mr. Lauren's door and is like, hey, Nora's lost it. She's somewhere in the house. Let's look for her and split up. I'll look up here. You look down in the basement. And that's essentially his setup that like, okay, Nora's in the basement. He's going to creep up and she'll shoot him. Cause she's so yeah. freaked out right now. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, uh, Nora already had the idea that like Frederick Lauren was a bad guy and was like trying to harm her yeah. anyway, based on, uh, yeah, something like she had heard or something. So yeah, she's already kind of on edge about him. All the guests are like pretty sure that it's him who killed his, who hanged his wife somehow. And yeah, he was the one who bumped Lance on the head. Uh, they've all been gossiping, gossiping about him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's just a creepy dude. Yes. So, yeah. And then, so mm-hmm. the grand finale, Nora is in the basement, and Mr. Lauren creeps up on her, just as all the lights in the basement dim somehow. And yeah. she she shoots him. And he, like, clutches his chest and falls to the ground. And yep. then she runs upstairs. And then the doctor pops out and appears... And we have failed to mention that there's a giant pool of acid in the basement of this house. <laughs> do, I mean, do we have to mention that? I mean, isn't it obvious? Any <laughs> Any, mansion is obviously... <laughs> yeah, equipped with acid. I think the yeah. previous owner was like a winemaker. So they give some excuse for why there's a pool of acid there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the doctor appears and he takes Frederick Lauren's body, Vincent Price, his body, and tries dragging it into the acid. So he's like dragging him across the floor and then just as they're close to the acid, the lights go out. You can't see anything. And then you hear kind mm-hmm. of a startled strangling type sound and then a splash. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very, it's very breaking bad of them, right? Uh, do you, they're the yeah. dead bodies in the, in the pool of acid. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then the wife, Mrs. Lauren comes down and, into the basement. She's like, what's going on? You know, the plan. She doesn't see anything. Uh, she's expecting to find the doctor there. And then all the doors close and a skeleton emerges from the vat of acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like creepily approaching her. She's screaming. And then as it gets closer to her, you hear Vincent Price's voice. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, her. Yeah, he's like, I know what you did, and like now you're going to join me and the rest of the ghosts in this house, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's just petrified, and she's like backing up towards the acid pool, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then, like as she's near the edge, the skeleton gives one good push, and she falls in. <laughs> yep. Then, from like behind something, emerges Vincent Price. <laughs> And he's got all these strings that he's manipulating this skeleton with. Like, the skeleton is a giant puppet. And at this point, it's just like, oh, brother. But it's also, (laughs) like, so great. It's just, like, another twist. Uh, Yeah. And the plot's gotten so elaborate at this point that it's, like, silly and fun. At least this is all my opinion. I'm interested to hear what you (laughs) you think of that. Um, I, yeah. Go go for it. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, like, I I think you're explaining it uh, pr- pretty well. Like, I mean, it was kind of like one kind of crazy twist after another, and like a lot of stuff that still isn't explained. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I guess if you're watching it with with that in mind, that like you know this is meant to be kind of zany or like a, it's it's a B movie, you're not supposed to take it seriously. It's just meant to entertain. Then yeah, it's it's kind of like a a, a crazy kind of ride. 
that just kind of gets goofier as it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if any of this was scary so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spooky, maybe. Um, I, I thought definitely mm-hmm. the scene with the floating ghost was spooky. Um, but uh, then, with or the, the floating skeleton? Mrs. Lauren floating outside the window that we talked about before. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then as you learn it's all like set up and faked, it, it kind of takes some of yeah. that magic away from the scare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when that skeleton pops out at the end, uh, did you think again, like, oh, maybe this place is haunted? and Or, or did, I, I don't know what to make of it. I've never seen, like, a skeleton like that in a movie. <laughs> it's, like, from, like, a science class or something. Yeah, like, full-body skeleton. Yeah. Uh, I did. I think that's what's cool about the movie, too, is there's so many times where you're like, okay, it's haunted. Like, yeah, there's some murder stuff going on, but it's, it's haunted, too. Yeah. And then they explain it. Like, that was faked, too. Uh, mm-hmm. so you never quite know. Um, yeah. And then the very end of the movie, the rest of the gang all comes downstairs and, uh, Mr. Lawrence standing there, uh, packing up his puppet strings and he explains exactly what happened to him. He's like the doc and my wife were planning to kill me. And, uh, in my, def- like defending myself, I ended up, you know, killing both of them. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I'm ready for a jury to decide my fate. Right. Which someone yep. pointed out on IMDb, if he was like ready to just tell the law what happened, why would he need to like dump the bodies in the acid? Because he then, oh. or I guess that's just how he kills them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how he disposes of them, perhaps. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I think I, yeah, it was I, I, that if they were going to, Oh, the doctor was dragging Vincent Price's body into the acid. But if he was going to blame it all on Nora, why would he do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess he, he didn't really need to drag, drag his body in there. I mean, he, he was dead anyway. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, that, this, that is kind of weird. The plot's full of holes. Like, yeah. all over the place. It's incredible how many <laughs> holes there are in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but I like it nonetheless. Sure. Um, so that yeah, then it ends. I think the the drunk dude who owns the house, Pritchard, he still is convinced that it's all the ghosts, and he breaks the fourth wall again and starts talking to the audience <laughs> once more and says, uh, "I hear them. They're coming for me now, and then they'll come for you." <laughs> yeah, and it ends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so you're left to believe what they they still have to spend the night in there. Uh, and, and that it, it might still be haunted or something? Yeah, they leave it open-ended. Uh, I don't know. Like, I kind of think maybe it was still haunted because so much happened, they couldn't have done all that, but I don't know. <laughs> it's like the there's so many loopholes in the story that it had to have been haunted. <laughs> yeah, like, please let there be ghosts, otherwise this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, otherwise this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, it, it, I, I did, I, I felt, that, that was like one of the hard parts for me. I felt, I felt it was very convoluted and the story was kind of like a maze and you just, it, it kept you on, on your toes because you never knew, like, you didn't, I, I didn't see a lot of it coming. So it, it was effective in, in the twists and surprising, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like the loopholes like kind of really stuck out to me in this one. Yeah, for sure. Hard to ignore. Yeah. Do you uh, think all the uh, people who ended up staying then got the $10,000? I think they got that money. Oh, wow. So not only did he get to kill his wife and her lover, uh, he also had to pay out $10,000. And then he goes to court probably at some point, and well, who knows how, how that goes. Yeah, yeah. So not only did these people get ten grand, they also got out of work, presumably, to be witnesses of the trial. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I thought was really effective that, that stuck out to me was uh, Nora's screaming. She, oh, man. She, uh, Great scream. Yeah she, yeah, she was a screamer. She was a, that, that was pretty, uh, that was intense because she, like, she was like screaming for a long time. Yeah, pretty for, loud. for sure. And I don't know if that was her or just like some studio recording. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what you should do sometime if you're bored is YouTube Wilhelm scream. W I L H E L M. It's like okay. a stock scream sound effect that's in just tons of movies. Oh, all right, I'll have to check that out. And they'll I do like that was a, a song by someone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think it is a song, maybe. Yeah, but it, by it's James, ref- whatever that goes. Yeah, and it's referencing this this uh, uh-huh. this scream. So the, there's like wow. super cuts out there of just like every time it's used in a movie. So is the Wilhelm scream from uh, House on the Haunted Hill? No, it's actually a man screaming. It's not necessarily oh. like a horror movie. It's just like you throw a guy off a cliff and he goes, ah! Yeah. It's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, okay, man. On a scale of zero to five blind skateboarding old ladies, what would you give this? <laughs> You know, uh, I had high expectations for this movie, given um, the the legacy it has had in, in pop culture. And yeah, you know, it was awesome to see uh, Vincent Price here. And I think he was like one of the best parts of it, his acting and just being like this really creepy guy. Uh, the loopholes kind of killed it for me. I, 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 I wasn't impressed with the effects. And, you know, when I, when I saw that, like a movie like Psycho comes out the next year, and that's just like a smart, like really well-written and through in throughout like a just a very uh, you know psychological movie that uh, delivers on it. I, I thought this movie, if it was trying to be scary, um, I, I thought it kind of missed the mark in a almost comedic way. But if it was trying to be funny and like it's intentionally trying to be like a B movie category, which I don't even know back then if if that's like if that was like really a like a genre like or if that's something that we call now a B movie. Um, if it, if it was going for that, then like I feel like it nailed it. But part of me thinks it was, it was trying to take itself seriously, and, um, that, and that, that kind of, uh, you know, hurt it for me. So I think I, I might only give it, like, two, uh, two and a half. Two um, and a half. Yeah, two and a half uh, people on skate elderly women on skateboards. Ouch, man. 12-year-old me yeah. is crying himself to sleep. I know. I feel terrible. And I almost wonder if I was 12-year-old you, like... Maybe as a kid watching this, uh, like you know, especially late at night in that context, I, w- I would have been like a lot more scared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as an adult watching this, I was just like, you know, where, what, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I don't even know if I was scared as a kid. I remember just liking it. I feel like it was one of the first horror movies that I just plain liked and wasn't like, damn, that was scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the only yeah. one I had seen before this was Halloween, and I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting because I, I think when you are a kid, the, the kind of horror movies you like are the ones you can watch and like that are that are fun, not right. like the ones that are actually really scary. Yeah, yeah, and that's how a lot of people who don't like horror movies feel now. They're like, no, I just don't want that sensation. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't be scared. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely got a, an audience. Okay, well, I give this what, what a four. Um, Ooh, okay, I don't. I've tried to reserve fives for like my favorites. Uh, uh-huh. or not necessarily even my favorites, but just something I'm like, that is it. Like, that's how to make an incredible horror movie. Sure. Uh, and while this is like a, holds a special place in my heart and I've seen it a ton of times. Yeah. The plot holes are crazy and it's really hokey in a lot of ways. Uh, but for what it is, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's my go-to horror movie to watch. Like I watched <laughs> it on Halloween with some friends who don't like horror movies. Like, okay. It's just, it gets you in that mood. It's fun. And I like to think of myself in the theater, too, in the 50s, like having the uh, characters like talk directly to the audience and have the skeleton dropping from the ceiling. It's just fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. It, it, I, I actually, it kind of felt like someone went to Haunted House, came back, and was like, oh, I want to make a movie on this. And on, on that experience of going to Haunted House, it was just like random things, different rooms with you know, different scares that aren't necessarily connected together. And, uh, and if, if that's a promise, I mean, I, I think they nailed that feeling pretty well, which is kind of yeah. like a, a hokey pokey kind of a good time. How much of that four though is, is driven by like your, your nostalgic feelings for this? Oh, a lot of it. <laughs> Although <laughs> I think if I saw it now, like straight up, I'd probably feel similarly like that was dumb, but I yeah. had a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. You'd still appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. And Vincent Price is great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad we got to see him uh, in, in a movie finally. Yeah, I'm going to make you watch House of Wax with me at some point. All right. The remake, right? With the... Uh, when Paris the Hilton. Hilton. <laughs> Both. Well, double feature. All right. Double. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, okay, listeners uh, and Ashvin, that's it. Uh, uh, until next time, uh, I guess we hope you enjoyed today's discussion. 
And if you want to join us, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Check out our website, horrormovieclub.com. And uh, yeah, that's it. Until next time, uh, if an eccentric millionaire offers you $85,000 to spend the night in a creepy old house, as long as you're not sleeping with his wife and you watch your step near the acid pool, I'd say go for it. I think you have our blessing. <laughs> yeah, bring a life jacket for that acid pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I'm picturing a skeleton emerging in a life jacket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a scary sight. <laughs> Alrighty, listeners, we'll see you next time. 